ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome to What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. And I'm Mama J. Um, so friends, elephant in the room, we recognize this is not Wednesday. We recognize we are a few days late. Um, we could say it's the holidays. We could say Puckwudgie's messed with our technology. We could say a lot of things right now. Um, but we still wanted to make sure we got an episode to you this week, even though we're a little late. Um, so thanks for bearing with and us. We are human. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we are just- human. We are flawed. We apologize, but we're here and we're happy to be here. Thank you for sticking with us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of mom, are you drinking anything special? Yeah. I'm doing a Brits in Moscow. Ooh. So a nice little uh, Russian stout and it's delicious and I love it. Nice. Nice. I am having a Kona big wave because I wanted to just like get like a nice little tall boy um, from my corner store. And that's what they had. So yeah. Perfect. Any what the ale moments? Let's see. Um, One what the ale moment is that earlier this week, I went to like a sexy cabaret um, Mm. that was like very cool. And the person sang like all these really awesome, like classic rock songs. Like there were a few that they had written themselves, but most of them were like classic rock songs. And they were just talking about like, their like coming out journey. And like, apparently they like worked as a sex worker for a long time. And they were just like talking about like being a part of that field. And it was just like a really interesting sort of, um, sort of show. And they're actually trying to bid for it to get to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is really amazing and cool. Oh. So um, yeah, it was really awesome to see it. And it was a lot of fun that they had these like backup singers who were dressed like 60s mod girls, but had hot pink wigs. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's fun. So, yeah, I was hoping to see that, show, but the run was too short. I just couldn't fit it in. Yeah. Well, apparently they did a run in San Francisco too. So I think they're trying to get it around in like local theaters. So hopefully it comes back because oh. I really liked it. So um yeah um well my what the L, I don't know if people remember that I had talked about maybe taking in a family member's dog um and I have done that and he is so sweet and totally like pup energy and you could tell that he is trainable um but he is not trained at all and so, yeah, my what the ale for this week is I have been doing nothing but working with this dog. And um, and then every time any of us leave the room for more than like a minute, he tears something up. <laughs> and whether it's like he chews a pencil apart or he like today we came and he, he had chewed up a bunch of scotch tape or, you know, anything that is left down at all. If you leave the room, he will chew it up. But when you're with him, he doesn't do that at all. And it's like, I just wish that he could like not do that because I want to be able to leave him and not crate him when I have to leave the house or shower or whatever. I don't want to have him in the crate that much. Um, but every time we leave him for a moment, he chews stuff up. So I'm dealing with that. Yeah. Oh, that's so tough. Cause puppies just have so much energy. 
Yeah. He is very sweet though. I do think he's trainable. We've already been working with him and he's already making progress, but the chewing things up thing is going to be a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. Hopefully, hopefully he grows out of that soon though. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. I, yeah, it's a lot. Well, do we want to get into your story, mama? Yeah. So, um, today I decided to do something a little different, just kind of a mystery that is still unsolved. Um, mm -hmm. so I decided to do, um, the mystery of the Mary Celeste. Ooh. Okay. Do you know what that is? It's a boat. It's a boat. <laughs> it's a boat. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, <laughs> So this is a boat. Um, it was originally called the Amazon and it was a boat that was built in May. Of, well, it was completed in May of 1861. Mm -hmm. um, and on its uh, maiden voyage, it had a lot of trouble. Um, like it was trying to leave Spencer Island and it, like it just had a ton of issues like leaving its perch or um you know, it got banged up on a lot of different rocks and things, and it was just having a hard time. And then the captain caught pneumonia and died. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then at some point it got caught up in some rocks and investors decided it just wasn't worth the money to repair because in the months leading up to this, it had just had so many issues and got so banged up. And so they just decided, you know, they didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um so one of the investors, though, Alexander McBean, was able to pull the Amazon from the rocks and then get her to refloat. Um, and then a different investor named Howard ba uh, Beatty, he ended up selling the boat to Richard Haynes. And he did some major repairs to it. He brought it to America um, and he changed the name to Mary Celeste. Oh, OK, cool. So... Um, now, <laughs> again, the boat has, you know, a rough history in lots of ways. So um, apparently Richard Haynes, you know, after he did all the repairs, he ended up losing the boat to creditors because he was not able to pay the loans off or the debts that he had incurred. Um, so creditors seized the boat um, and then she ended up being sold to a man um and he hired a captain whose name was Benjamin Spooner Briggs. And uh, Briggs was like a very experienced sailor, but this was the first time he would captain a ship on his own. Okay. Um, and so on November 7th, 1872, they took their first and only voyage on the Mary Celeste. And it was Captain Briggs, his wife and his daughter, Sophia, and then a crew of seven. And they were transporting 1,700 barrels of alcohol from New York to um, Genoa, Italy. In Genoa? Genoa, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Genoa, Italy. And then, um, so, you know, it seems like they had hit a lot of rough weather. And, you know, there were issues, you know, when you read through the logs. Um, yeah, just tough weather. It, the um, ship is a 282-ton um ship so it's you know i mean it's a pretty good size um but you know those two weeks prior to reaching like near the azores it was just having a lot of issues okay and um and then the ship you know it was nobody really knows what happened so we'll go through theories but 
-hmm. on December 5th, 1872, some crew members um, aboard a different ship named um, the Negrasi, uh, Gracia. Mm -hmm. um, they saw the ship and it was just kind of adrift and the seas were really choppy. It was 100 miles off the coast of the Azores in Portugal, the Azores Islands. Um, so Captain David Morehouse went ahead and, you know, and he knew that this ship had left New York City eight days before and that it should have already arrived in Italy. Oh, so okay. he decided to, um, you know, have his some of his crew members board the ship and and take a look around. And what they found was like, there was no evidence of like struggle or violence. There was, um, most things were pretty well intact. Mm -hmm. um, there were nine barrels of the alcohol that were empty, but you know, to me, that just sounds like it was a party. <laughs> like, um, you know, you've got a crew of seven and a captain and a wife, you know, I don't know, that could have been a good time. Um, but you know, they didn't find any like, evidence of anything really um super damaged or broken um other than the, you know the boat had taken on some water mm -hmm. and um the like food supply everything was there all the crew members um belongings were there except mm -hmm. for two of them which we'll get into because that's one of the theories okay um and then I will say the last log that they did was on November 25th at 8 a.m. And at that time, they noted they were six miles off the coast of Santa Maria, which is the southernmost island of the Azores. Um, oh. So they had drifted a bit or sailed a bit from there um, mm -hmm. because where they were, it, you know, is further out. Mm -hmm. so, um, the Degratia ended up deciding to bring the ship to Gibraltar, and that was about 800 miles away. And when I say they brought the ship to Gibraltar, that's an important thing to note because even though, you know, the ship had taken on water and everything, it was still, still sailable. So, you know, they were able to sail the ship, you know, to where they were going in Gibraltar and start an investigation because the entire crew, the husband, wife, and the daughter were all missing from the ship. Wow. Okay. So when they got to Gibraltar, there was a British vice, um, a court that they decided to have like a salvage hearing because apparently, um, you know, if a, if a boat is just found the people who bring the boat in could be entitled to money for that. Oh, so they were doing a salvage hearing, um, you know, where the, the crew of the De Gratia might be entitled to that money. And so that leads us to our first theory. Um, because, some people believe the DeGradia crew is responsible, um, you know, that maybe they were acting as pirates and that they, you know, took over the ship. And, um, you know, so that's one of the theories. So the attorney general in charge was a man named Frederick Sully Flood, mm -hmm. and he suspected that they were a part of it. And he spent three months to investigate that. He could find no evidence of foul play. Um so eventually, you know, the crew did get a payout of some of the insurance money, um, but they only paid them out one sixth of the money and it was forty six thousand oh, wow. um, dollars. So but they only got one sixth of that. And that sort of implies that the authorities were not convinced that they were not a part of it. They just couldn't prove it. OK, so that is the first theory. OK, interesting. And then after. 
Yes. And then after that, the boat was sold to a new owner, but I kind of felt like who would buy this boat? Cause it just seems like it's had bad luck ever since <laughs> like it was made. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just surprised well, anybody would want to buy it. Did they say that the wood was made out of something scary or were the sails sewn from like the sheets of a hospital or something? like this just seems like a cursed boat. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like it's got some issues. Um, so and then there's, you know, there's just another theory about it could have been pirates, um, you know, and, and not necessarily the, the Gradia crew, but just other pirates. Um, but the ship's condition, I mean, it was like pretty well intact it the cargo was full except for those you know barrels of uh, alcohol that I said were empty mm -hmm. um and so you know it doesn't seem like that would really be pirates doing that um mm -hmm. now there was another theory that came about um and it was that maybe the crew members drank the alcohol and then mutinied <laughs> um mm -hmm. And okay. this theory brings up two particular crew members, and they were brothers. Their names were Ver Volkert and Voice, uh, or Boy Lorenzen. Okay. Um, and the reason why people were suspicious of them was just because they had no belongings on the ship. So everybody else's belongings were left on the ship, um, mm -hmm. but their belongings were not there. Okay. And there was actually a movie made and um it was called the mystery of mary celeste mm -hmm. and bella lugosi played like a homicidal sailor that like supposedly took over the ship I <laughs> and it is that he is based okay <laughs> but it is said that his character is based on these brothers okay um and so you know obviously that movie made people a lot more interested in this mystery but um, there's a investigator named Ann McGregor, and she, you know, ended up, um, you know, talking to like descendants of the uh, Lorenzen brothers, and they were told that they had gotten in a shipwreck in 1872, and that most of their belongings were lost at sea then. Um, and and then McGregor also says that they really didn't have a motive. Mm -hmm. But my thing is like. You know, if they had lost their belongings in 1872, you would think that they would have new belongings by this time, or at least something. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So another theory is that they abandoned the ship because the captain made a miscalculation. And this has to do with the water that was taken on um, because there was three and a half feet of water in the ship's hull. And then there was some water in between the decks, but mm -hmm. it wasn't so much that a seasoned crew couldn't handle it. Okay. And so, you know, most, most seasoned sailors say, yeah, I mean, it had taken on water, but it was obviously still sellable. It made it to Gibraltar and that a, a you know, seasoned crew should know that and a captain should know that. Um, but, you know, maybe he um, didn't have proper equipment because uh, one of the things that they use to track how much waters the ship has taken on is called a sounding rod. Mm -hmm. And when the Gratia crew went on the ship, they wanted to test to see how much water was on the ship before they tried to sail it. Okay. And they found that it didn't actually have an official sounding rod, but there was kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of like a jerry rigged kind of um, thing that they had made where, you know, it was like, um, 
like a piece of metal and it had a line attached to it. So mm -hmm. the crew did use that to see how much water it was taking taken on. But the theory is that maybe because it wasn't proper equipment, that maybe um, the captain misread it or, you know, thought it was worse than it was. And he ordered the crew to abandon the ship. Um, and I should say that now that the lifeboat is missing from the ship. So it does seem like they chose to get off the ship, whether that was because pirates forced them off or they thought something was dangerous or whatever. The right. life ship or raft was gone. Um, and the life raft and the people were never found. Okay. And then there were other theories that if there was a sudden change in bariatric or barometric pressure, or there was like a water spout in the ocean, that that could have, um, you know, set things off to where it seemed worse than it was. And that could cause a captain to abandon ship. Okay. But that still doesn't explain where the crew and the lifeboat went um, because nobody saw them after this. So, hmm. yeah. So there is just a mystery that even if they abandoned ship, they should have ended up somewhere. Right. And I, I just like forgot what year was it that the ship like or this happened? Um, this was, what did I say? 1872 or 18. Yeah, 72. 1872 okay I mean honestly back then too like photographs weren't that widely used and that type of thing like it I'm not saying anything but like I could see some like insurance boat fraud happening or something um or them yeah. just, like, wanting to like start a new life like maybe one of them was involved in something shady I don't know um yeah. that's a fun theory is that a theory that someone's come up with <laughs> <laughs> I well I, I you know I think there's a lot of different theories. Um, one of the theories that I can cover right now, because it only takes about one sentence, mm -hmm. is that a sea monster stole them. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like, listen. <laughs> listen. But like, if it was a dragon or something, it would have destroyed the whole boat. It would not have put them on a lifeboat and carried them away somewhere. I, I guess if they had abandoned ship and were on a lifeboat, then a sea creature could have taken them. But yeah yeah it just because the boat is intact like if the boat had completely disappeared yeah. and no one knew what had happened that's different yeah. but because the boat was, or it was like split in half like a kraken <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, but that is a theory so i'll just throw that one out there because it's a one sentence theory i like it right. um now this area of the ocean apparently has a lot of psych activity and so it, the research said even like a month before the ship went missing, there was a sea quake that was at um, 8.5 magnitude. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a big ocean earthquake, basically. Um, yeah. And so they said that there could have been a quake that just wasn't documented. Um, and so there were two different like ideas about this. So one of the ideas was that that could explain why why the nine barrels um of alcohol were like knocked over and maybe spilled and maybe they didn't drink it but maybe it was spilled and that you know it's possible that if they smelled the alcohol they could have thought that the ship was going to explode they could have thought there was some kind of leak or something okay. um so that's one of the theories but you know i really feel like that one's debunked because they said that you know the barrels were not damaged and they didn't appear or they do appear like they were drained intentionally. It doesn't look like they were damaged or leaky or anything like that. 
Um, you know, but there was somebody else that said because those particular barrels were made of red oak instead of white oak like the other ones, that that wood is more porous and so it would be more likely to leak. So there are different ideas about whether it leaked or whether it was, um, you know, they drank it or they did something else with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one of the theories is that they thought maybe there was going to be an explosion and that that caused to abandon ship. Okay. Um, and then there was another theory sort of related to that saying that perhaps the alcohol vapors expanded from the heat in the Azores and blew the main hatch. And that that could have given them fear of an explosion. Um, But when McGregor researched that, she found that the boarding party said the main hatch was secured and it didn't smell like fumes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so she doesn't really think that's a viable theory. And she was just going through all the theories that people had come up with and interviewing people that were around and trying to figure out what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, She's one of the ones that said the sea creature um, was something that she could debunk right away without even thinking about it. So <laughs> glad, glad we all agree with her then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was just, you know, another, this was just a little bit of information that they were like, well, maybe this could have something to do with it. But, um, apparently that in a previous voyage, Mary Celeste had carried coal, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the ship had been like, extensively refitted but they were saying that there could be coal dust or construction debris that could have gotten in the ship's pumps and um and they did find a disassembled pump on the mary celeste so you know maybe with the pump not working briggs didn't know how much water was they were taking on again he didn't really have the proper set rod and all of that so you know maybe he was worried about that and that was why he abandoned ship okay interesting um yeah and then um i will say that you know the last official theory is that you know when something cannot be explained by science where do we go aliens aliens (laughs) so the final theory is that they were abducted by aliens um now, I don't know anything about whether that means they were just abducted by the aliens off the ship and the aliens were just like, hey, this life raft seems cool. Let's take that, too. Or if they had abandoned ship for some reason and they were, you know, abducted by aliens, um, you know, when they were on the lifeboat. Uh, but that is the other theory that aliens were involved. And there is nothing to support that theory. But like I said, when you can't find any other explanation, people tend to go there yeah uh-huh um yeah <laughs> um and then I will say um oh and I, I forgot to mention this earlier but in 1884 Arthur Conan Doyle wrote a short story uh-huh. um and this was about a vengeful ex-slave and actually him writing that short story but it was like based on the Mary Celeste you know it was a fictional accounting but it was because uh, that he wrote that short story that people got, you know, re-inspired to investigate it. So that's when Anne McGregor came on to investigate. And even the attorney general, um, Sully fled that, you know, he had thought that it was probably the other crew that might have been involved. He even came back and started investigating after Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote the short story. 
Um, so I just thought that was kind of a fun fact that like, you know, it was like a fictional accounting, but it made people interested again and wanting to find the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the son of the builder of the ship, his name was John Dewis. Okay. And I, this was a quote that I saw that he put out there and I thought that was kind of an interesting quote. He said, the craft seemed to be possessed by the devil to begin with, but where she got it, I don't know. I like that. I have, I know. And I have heard the Mary Celeste is often called the ghost ship. So anyways, of those theories, Alana, any that seem to resonate with you, anything that you think would be probably more likely, more accurate? Yeah. Um, hmm. This is a toughie. I feel like I do really like maybe the mutiny um, theory yeah. just because the guys' stuff isn't there. Like that is interesting. But I feel like if there was a mutiny, why would they leave the boat? You know, like they're like that that to me is what's weird is like the lifeboat's gone yeah so that's a weird one to me <laughs> um do you think if there was mutiny they would like put them say on the lifeboat but they would take the boat yeah that's what i'm thinking so it's yeah. weird that they their stuff was gone and they weren't on the boat so maybe they they took their stuff but maybe their stuff had like things that could be considered supplies and that's why it happened that way. I'm not really sure. It says all the supplies were intact. So I don't know. I mean, of the theories, I kind of think I go with the salvagers being the ones because at least they had motive, you know, because they thought they were going to benefit financially. And I mean, they did a little bit. They got one sixth of the insurance payout. Um, but you know, to me, that would make sense that if they were like, oh, we found this ship and it was abandoned and they knew they were going to get the insurance money. To me, that's the only theory that sort of seems to make sense. Um, but the question still remains, where is the crew? Where is the family? Because that was, you know, seven crew members, a husband, wife, and a daughter. None of them are ever seen again. Yeah. So I, did they murder they them? Murder. Did they sink the ship that they were on? Because the, you know, the lifeboat was never found. You know, so yeah, I mean, I guess it could be that. It could be that they were all killed and they sank the lifeboat. I don't know. But it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's because, you know, they could also they could have stolen the stuff as like a decoy, right, to make it seem like the other guys mutinied or whatever when they were, you know, yeah. really a part of this whole thing. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. I could see it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when I should have done a little more about like what happened once the ship was sold, because yeah, it just seems like the ship is a lot of bad luck. So yeah, yeah I don't know if, if if she ended up having a happy ending or not, but <laughs> she yeah, seemed a little cursed to me. I feel like I've heard about the Mary Celeste before. I think she's like docked at a museum now or something. I could totally be wrong, but I feel like that was a thing. Um, but yeah, super weird. I think. Um, it reminds me a lot of, um, James Dean's car, how it also is like very much like has that same energy where it's cursed, um, which I will cover yeah. today. Um, yeah, but yeah, but you, that does make 
wonder why, like what, you know, if it was cursed, then why? I wonder if it had to do with people who are making it or something that happened that was shady or. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Like, was it just made out of weird materials? Like what? It, I don't know. Like I think about how people get stuff from estate sales and suddenly their house start, has haunted activity. Like maybe it was something like yeah. that, but um, yeah, interesting. Very wild. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a shorter story, but I thought it was a little more lighthearted than some of the spooky stories we've done. And um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting mystery, though. And then we'll probably never know what happened to the crew. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the hard part about something that happened so long ago, too, right? Like no one that was around is alive to even talk about it anymore. And we didn't have the technology you know, that we do now to be able to do some sort of tracking. So there's really no way unless someone like did like a like underwater search of like that, the area where the ship was found maybe. But even that, like you might not find anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just so long ago. So um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. And um, yeah, there is, um, the true story of the Mary Celeste uh, was partially funded by the Smithsonian. Um, and that was, um, that was made in 2002. So that's something people can watch if they want more information. And a lot of the information that I got, it was from the Smithsonian magazine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if people wanted to, that's another good resource, but um, yeah, I didn't actually have time to watch the true story of the Mary Celeste uh, through the Smithsonian networks, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, it, it should have a lot of interesting information if people wanted to see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in your in your research, I mean, did they go into like, I mean, obviously the ship was a bit cursed. So did they go into like the financial situation of the folks involved or anything? Like, was there anything you saw where like... Yeah, I mean, the only... Yeah, nothing like that. I mean, it was just that, you know, there were multiple investors and they all wanted to pull out because they were just like, this is not working. And like, there's a lot of issues with the ship. So um, yeah, it just seemed like all the investors wanted to pull out. And then, you know, the one investor that bought it right before, um, you know, this last voyage, uh, it was, uh, well, I shouldn't say last voyage, this particular voyage, um, you know, he ended up, being in trouble with his creditors so he ended up losing it right after he totally refurbished it and everything so yeah um yeah so I don't know if there were any you know dirty dealings or anything when it was being built or any of that but yeah it just seems like even the investors were like yeah we don't want to have a hand on this (laughs) yeah I don't know the world will never know probably but it is definitely a really interesting situation I I I feel like I've heard of it and like I knew that the ship disappeared or something, but I didn't really know much about it. So very cool. Yeah, well, the crew disappeared, not the ship. They, but um, but, but you know, I mean, if they had to, you know, if they had to abandon ship anywhere, the Azores are a beautiful place. <laughs> so maybe they like made it to land and just decided they were going to live their best life in the Azores and cliff dive and swim in the ocean, do all the beautiful things because it is a very beautiful place. Well, and maybe that was their agreement with the other ship. Like maybe the other ship sent them off and they were like, you need to disappear. And they were like, bet. Like They were like, I'll get out of your hair, man. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I would want to do. But my worry is that they had a different fate 
if that crew took over their ship, I do worry that they were all murdered because where else would they have gone? Somebody would have seen them. I mean, murdered like right there or potentially just like sent to drift in the ocean where they had no way of getting to land, you know, um, which is still very yeah. sad. Yeah. And then when I was looking at pictures, um, <laughs> the captain, um, I don't know if you've seen his picture, mm -hmm. but to me, he looks like um, he looks like just like a cool dude that's like a surfer in San Diego. <laughs> like he really like he just has a vibe. And I was joking with my youngest daughter. I was like, he doesn't look like a captain in the 1800s. He looks like somebody who's like riding a skateboard along the beach in San Diego right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, uh, fashion, fashion comes and goes. So maybe that's just the vibe of that era. No, he just, his whole look, he just had a vibe. So maybe he was yeah. a time traveler. <laughs> Wait, that's an extra theory. Time oh. <laughs> We're just going to make up our own theories. <laughs> he time traveled from San Diego. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he time traveled and was like, bro, I want to like figure out what's happening on this boat, man. And then he yeah. ended up, it was like a time loop where he was the one that caused the issue and like he disappeared on the track. Don't mind me. I, I'm I'm going to write a book about it. Yeah. Yeah. But when I think of him, no, it is sad because this was his first time being the captain. Yeah. And then he disappeared. It was like, but he was a seasoned sailor. Everybody says, you know, he was an expert. He knew what he was doing. Um, you know, then that's why some people would argue that it wasn't um, just him not understanding what the boat, you know, what the damage was or what the boat was capable of or any of that. A lot of people would argue that, you know, he wouldn't have known. So yeah. it had to be something that forced him off the ship um, yeah. because people said he was really an expert, even though this was the first time he captained. Yeah, I mean, I just... Yeah. I mean, it's like that thing of like, you're not like a pilot until you fly however many hours and you like do certain things and you're still a co-pilot before you become a captain. Right. So it's like, you've obviously yeah. done stuff, you know what you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. So it, it, it would, I would hope that he was a really good captain and was like doing what was best for the crew. Um, yeah. But the time travel theory is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah, well, that's all I got for you. It's kind of short and sweet before the holidays because it is a busy time and I'm busy and you're busy and I know our listeners are busy. So um, short and sweet, but any housekeeping notes? Uh, nothing major. Um, just keep liking and subscribing. Um, I did notice that we have some listeners um, in the UK that are like going really hard and steady. So like, thanks for listening, friends from the UK. Oh, thank you, friends. Um, someday I'll visit you probably. Um, no, not you, but like, <laughs> I mean, unless, listen, you okay, in a long time, other than flying through Heathrow on my way to Spain in March. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally every, the only time I've ever been to the UK is like a layover on a flight and it's always a very stressful and not fun time. So I'd like a not stressful experience <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> you need a better UK experience a lot. I will, we'll hook that up. Wonderful, wonderful. But um, yeah, just keep following us on Instagram. Um, we do want to get a listeners episode out in the next couple, you know, next little bit. So if y'all want to send in ghost stories, have a weird encounter with a murderer, anything, please just send anything our way. We will. Well, and Alana, I know I, I mentioned to you that my dad's friend told me some little ghost stories about his house and particularly about how his dog reacts to some 
things in the house. So I'll probably share those stories. And so, yeah, people, we love to hear stories about how your animals are responding to things that you cannot see in your house. <laughs> yeah. Or like your kids saying something wild. I also this yeah. week had a Mandela effect exp- or Mandela effect um, experience realization. So we might put that in there. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, stay tuned, friends. Um, but happy, happy holidays. I know Hanukkah just finished and we're getting really close to Christmas and all the wonderful things. So we just want to say we appreciate you and happy holidays. And I appreciate you, mama. <laughs> I appreciate you, baby. All right. Bye, friends. Bye, friends.